All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Truth About Your Health podcast, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about their health so that they can get their health back quickly. And what a what a privilege it is to have Jay Campbell here. He is the master of hormone optimization and optimized healthcare space, allowing him and the chief innovator and disruptor to the sickness care model industry. And he is in the leading global evangelistic teaching men, women, and doctors how to optimize their hormones, their life, their happiness. He's a sought out doctor on the best doctors. He's a researcher. He's a leader in the field of hormone optimization. He has his own podcast, Jay Campbell podcast, and it has powerful articles and emails regarding biohacking, hormones, health, and performance. I'm sure I could go on and on, but we, we actually need to get to the, the meat and potatoes of today, Jay, but thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. It's an awesome uh, privilege, and I'm humbled and honored to be here with you, Doc, and uh, I'm going to call you Doc and Joel at various points in time is in this show, but I'm grateful to be here, man, so let's rock. Yeah, me too, and you know, I'll tell you just transparently, I didn't know you, and we uh, talked at a conference together last month, and I'll tell you how how nice it was, because I was nervous, and how nice it was for you to come up to me and shake my hand and tell me what a great job I did. That was really, really great, and I appreciate that. The other thing I wanted to say is, once I read your PowerPoint presentation, getting prepared for today, because you spoke right after me, I must not have been in the room because I was just relieved to finish my conversation. So um, you have so many gems on that presentation. We can go into so many different ways to help people that are listening here. But I always love to hear the backstory and, you know, being a holistic provider and ultimately getting focused on the integration of all health modalities for optimal health. Why don't you just give our listeners and myself a background, Jay, as to how you got to where you got to given your life experiences? Yeah, for sure, man. It's long story. Uh, I'm going to give it the highest level, 100,000 foot sum. Uh, you know, I'm an ex-pro athlete, oldest of nine kids. Uh, I had a cup of coffee, played basketball in Austria overseas when I was 23 years old, came back to the States and became um, a guy who went out into, I was from the East coast originally and moved out to the West coast to get into Hollywood and be an actor and one of those guys. And, uh, you know, very truthfully, um, I got out of that really fast when I saw what that was right without going into details about that. And I just naturally acclimated to sales and marketing because I'm a great communicator from my upbringing and stuff like that. My father moved me around. I was in five high schools in five States in four years. So I always had to be that new guy and I had to be really good with my communication skills. And then as an athlete, you know, I always had to beat everybody else out in a new location. Uh, at the age of 29, I was still playing, um, you know, essentially recreationally, but a very high level men's adult basketball leagues in Los Angeles. I got kicked in the testicles, uh, went out, you know, normal. And then within two months, man, my health declined. So I went to a PPO provider, you know, a sick care guy back before sick care was truly sick care. This is 1999. Uh, and uh, he was just, you know, I, I mean, again, there's no luck, right? In the universe, it's all uh, synchronicities, but he recommended me to see an endocrinologist because he didn't understand why someone like me was struggling like I was. It turned out I saw a world-renowned guy who was just in the referral book in Southern California, Dr. Raymond Scruggs, and he took my blood panels and I had 237 or something like that, which is the total testosterone and free testosterone level of a geriatric. And he was like, look, I can put you on therapeutic testosterone and I'll have you right as rain in a couple of months, but go home, talk to your fiance. I wasn't married at the time. I was very close and make sure she's cool with it. And then, you know, let me know. So anyway, I went home to her, 
was like, hey, babe, you know, and by the way, this is my first wife. She's long gone. Shout outs to her, Kelly. Uh, she said to me, you're a smart guy. You know, you, I had a molecular biology uh, minor in college, and I was always like a very studious, nerdy guy when it came to this kind of stuff. So she's like, yeah, why not? But, you know, truth, Joel, I didn't know anything about therapeutic testosterone at that time, but I trusted this guy. And obviously, I still did a little of my own research on the Internet in 1999 and was like, OK, cool. So to fast forward again, a very, very long, amazing story. Uh, he put me on the testosterone and literally within eight weeks, my life, I mean, I was like, I was 18 again. I had no low back pain. I was jumping out of the gym. My workouts were profound. I was, you know, much more energy, better cognition. Sexually, I was like an animal. Uh, and so he was wanted to take me off. And I was like, whoa, bro, I'm not going off this. Like no chance. Right. So you know, subsequently from there, like the eight to next, from the eight, from eight to 10 of the next years, I just became the student of this. I read everything that you could find. There really wasn't much, unfortunately, online. If you could read Russian or Bulgarian, you could probably find some stuff because they were tracking their track and field athletes and they were giving therapeutic testosterone to them since the seventies, but there was nothing really in the Western literature. What was there was people that had HIV people that were suffering wasting diseases, because these are the people that were using these medications therapeutically. Uh, so obviously there was, you know, compromised patient population groups where they had the research, but I reached out to a lot of these people as I was learning and becoming a really a student of this. And uh, after 10 years, I tell people this all the time. I had, you know, one or two people every, for everybody that I would meet, because I was a corporate guy in uh, the digital automotive marketing space. I would, they would look at my physique and they would ask me, wow, how do you keep yourself in such condition? And I would literally look them point blank in the eye and you know me, I'm a very transparent guy and said, I use therapeutic testosterone. And so at that time in, in the world, I would either get this look of like, you know, abhorrence, like you're on steroids or I would get, you know, from guys like you and me, they'd be like, wow, tell me more. So it was always like one or two of those things. And so eventually about 10, 12 years later, some of my closest friends were like, bro, you got to write a book about this. Okay. And at that point, again, I have no formal medical training. Uh, I was like, you know, I'm successful in what I'm doing. I don't want to like bring any kind of unnecessary, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, being looked at. So I reached out to like one of the world's biggest attorneys who didn't know me from Adam. I was a nobody at that point in time. And just basically sent him my white paper of my book and said, Hey, if somebody was to write a book about using therapeutic testosterone, uh, you know, under the guidance of a physician, but was a lay person, what would happen? And it was Rick Collins, who's a very famous guy, is now a close friend of mine. And he said, well, you know, it's interesting that you said that to me because it, we're in need of that, but, you know, there's a risk. So I shut it down and stopped. Now, I was 40, I want to say 41 or 42 at this time. Um, I also sent the white paper to three people that I just met on the internet, right, from reading their books. And one of them was Nelson Virgil, who wrote the book, uh, Testosterone, A Man's Guide, and built to survive. And Nelson's claim to fame is that he had HIV. And so he was using therapeutic testosterone to survive, literally. Okay. He got my email, which again, I just found on the internet, God bless the internet, and responded three months later because he was a national of Venezuela. And, and at the time when I sent it to him, he was in Venezuela dealing with all the shit that was happening in Venezuela at that time. And he read it and emailed me in the middle of the night. I woke up one morning and he was like, I don't know who you are, but we need to talk. And so, as I like to say, standing on the shoulders of giants, he kind of mentored me and coached me. And I published my book about a year later. Okay. And then that book came out in 2015. Uh, and it became very quickly the number one selling book on Amazon for, you know, men's health. Uh, and then subsequently, dude, I met a bunch of amazing doctors, people like yourself, researchers, blah, blah, blah. I started traveling to the conferences. 
And then I wrote, you know, five more books in the next, say, approximate five years on fasting, metabolic flexibility, health optimization. And then my, you know, my real, I guess, master thesis is the testosterone optimization therapy Bible, which is 600 pages and over a thousand clinical research studies. Um, as you know, as you know, now a book that no one could read because nobody's going to read a 600 page book, but in truth, there's so much more in that book. And that was kind of the book that really sold me to the biohacking anti-aging community is like, holy shit, this dude has like really deep level resource and, and information. So here I stand, you know, doing podcasts with people like you now, uh, you know, fast forward three or four years just to keep it in. I went to Peru in 2019 uh, with my wife and another couple, and I was molecularly altered from being in the Sacred Valley for 13 days. I literally had the world's number one site for testosterone optimization. It was called totrevolution.com. I had between 15 and 20,000 unique visitors come in a month. I had all these people that wanted to know about testosterone information. I consulted with doctors. It was a business. And dude, I literally was like, F that. When I come back, I'm Jay Campbell, the Raise Your Vibration guy. I don't care what happens to my brand. I don't care what happens to the people who follow me. If they don't jive with the importance of raising human consciousness, they can fly a kite, right? So that was in 2019 in September. So here we are almost now three years later. And it literally exploded my brand, bro. It, the amazing thing is, is that I kept my standing in the quote unquote biohacking hormone optimization space, you know, even though I don't do as much there anymore. Uh, but I've met so many now amazing people to talk about consciousness and spirituality. So essentially it, it shifted and expanded my brand. And now I have this amazing ability to talk to amazing people like you about all those different things. Yeah, super cool story. A couple of things that I always like to make observations about is that just the success that leaves clues and asking the question, why not? Like, why not reach out to these people? I can, you know, just, I want answers and I want to move forward. And it's not a question of if, it's just how and when. So I love that. I also love the term molecularly altered. That's an awesome term. Um, as far as before the molecular alteration, where along the way, Jay, did you have, because, you know, raising your vibration was the new Jay, if you will. Uh, sure. However, where along the way did you have little smoke signals about the, the sickness-based care versus the the health wellness care was that after the raising vibration or no no the, so the, no. so that was before i'll just it's a great question nobody really ever asked me that um i've always been a seeker like in six like when i was six i ran out of the back of catholic church and my dad chased me out of there and he's like where are you going and i'm literally i joel shit you not to this day i don't even know how i knew this it's like my soul was like aching and i said i'm not going back to that cult I was six years old. So I've always been this person that knew that the orthodoxy and the establishment was full of bullshit, as you and I both know, and that we were being taught and trained probably the opposite of the truth, if not a total half truth or deception altogether. Um, but I was always very private about that. Like, I, you know, I wasn't talking about this uh, anywhere outside of my close circles. Uh, I did get asked to be in a group on Facebook called the Decoders of Truth. I actually, I built the group in 2016. It was a Facebook private group called the Decoders of Truth with a couple other guys who are now some of the world's leading esoteric researchers. They're on ancient aliens and the group blew up. We had like 46,000 people in the group in a matter of like six months. 
Uh, and so I'm still the guy with, you know, the, 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 the uh, Facebook account that built the group. It's now only about 29,000 people because, you know, Facebook fact checkers and, you know, they've removed all these things and stuff like that. And again, Facebook is, I, what is it? What is Facebook at this point? But the reality is to your question is that I probably was really one of the first people. And I, and I got this from, you know, going to the conferences and talking to the the minds, but like to really start talking about the statement of sick care and illness medicine, I want to say in 2017, you know, that's when it really started to dawn on me that this was all just complete BS, that big pharma, the Rockefellers, you know, they were running this, you know, this, this was a, a, a giant, you know, it's like the 2020 to 2022 shit that you and I and everybody else has endured. This has been a conspiratorial organized racket literally from day one, you know, built in some office somewhere internationally, my, my assumption is, you know, 10 years ahead of time. And obviously with medical allopathic medicine, I mean, this was built by John D. Rockefeller and the family. I mean, this was literally built in the twenties. You know, I have a good friend and I don't want to rabbit hole, but I have a really good friend named Pierre Sabak in England. And that's not his real name. That's his pen name for his books, but he's writing a book right now on the history of the V. And when it comes out, dude, if it's allowed to be published, I mean, people are going to be in shock. I mean, I, this isn't news to someone like you, but if the, you know, the average person can read about the actual V industry and understand like what it was and how it was created and how all the deceptions of, you know, uh, polio and the salt vaccine and all this nonsense, like if this actually gets out into the mainstream in the way that he wants it to, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, I mean, I, a couple of things. I love that disorganizing your your feedback. So ultimately, you had it within you, and I I, I can resonate with that. I I'm from a traditional medical family, and I sure. just never accepted ju- ju- the passive role of health or right. a, a not being able to acquire it and be proactive. Right. As, as far as I feel like it's the perfect storm now, where you have all of the environmental outlets of social media and then chemicals and toxins and then the ability to uh, monetize and profitize and so many things coupled with the honing in on who you want to influence and only giving them information you want them to hear. And then on top of that, where I think this is where it gets more esoteric, Jay, is gene snips that used to be favorable for us in the past. So the warrior genes where if you need to continue that adrenaline so that you survive the encounter, then you would pass that on to your lineage. However, now because of all of these environmental disruptors, those actually make those less favorable than more favorable nowadays. So, um, so, okay. So with that, then. I guess I'd love to just go down the raise your vibration rabbit hole. I mean, there's other things I'd love to talk about, but now that you said you had this molecular alteration and you come back and like, okay, I've been amazing in this field. I blew up and now I'm scrapping it. So maybe in what was the epiphany moment? What was the, I got to do this now. And I really got to express myself. What was that all about? Amazing question. Again, thank you for asking it. Uh, Literally bro, me and my wife, and the two people, uh, George Cordova and his wife, Liz Cordova, who went with us to, to, to Peru, uh, were on the lake, Lake Titicaca, one of the seven wonders of the world, so to speak. And we had an indigenous Chequan, um guide 
and he made ceremony right on the lake. And, you know, people say, made ceremony. Did you do ayahuasca? No, it wasn't ayahuasca. It was just the native, you know, leaf. Uh, I forget what they're called, but they're just the leaf of uh, the higher Andes. And I swear, man, like it, this usually gives me tears sometimes when I just, you know, retell the story or even just think it, but we made the ceremony on the lake and literally all four of us at the same time were overwhelmed with tears. It was like the lake kissed us. It was the most awe-inspiring, you know, life-altering. I mean, all of us were like looking at each other, like, why are we crying? Like we couldn't comprehend it. And it was at that moment that I just had that, that, like you said, that aha moment that like, wow, this is, you know, my purpose and place here in this time, in this space as this invented personality of Jay Campbell uh, is really here to teach and lead you know, the, on the importance of raising human consciousness that, you know, that, I mean, it was, dude, honestly, and I know you know this, but you know, for the audience, it was like the first time that I really realized that everything was alive and that everything was conscious and that everything in our ecosystem from the rocks, the trees, the fish, the water, the air that we breathe, like everything is alive and everything is sentient and everything is conscious. And the indigenous people of Mesoamerica actually have a term for that. It's called Ani. I started really researching this. In fact, when I got back to our hotel that later that day, because that was the second day that we were in the Atiplano of Lake Titicaca, which is like, I don't know, it's like 13,000 feet. You know, it's, it's high in the, in the mountains of the Andes. Uh, I started Googling uh, at my hotel, they have the internet there. <laughs> Can't escape the internet anywhere you go these days. Uh, but I started Googling like, you know, what I experienced and that's what came up the word on me, which is essentially divine reciprocity. It is the awareness of the indigenous, which was the Incas uh, and the Aztecs and really all the Mesoamerican people that everything is conscious, everything is sentient, everything is alive. And because of that, you have to understand that like what you do matters, right? It's like, at that point, I realized like, I'm never, ever going to litter. I'm never, ever, you know, going to kill a bug. I mean, like everything is alive and there are repercussions, you know, for desecrating life, you know, and that's the one thing that, you know, I think in, especially in Western material cultures that we really don't understand until we understand it. And so it was that aha moment that led me to think like, you know what, I got to come back and I have to do what I'm being divinely called to do, which is to teach people again, through my works, my content, through my creation, that consciousness is all that matters. And you know this, and I can get really metaphysical and I can go into the works of Dr. David Hawkins. I can talk about Walter Russell. I can talk about Joseph Benner. I can talk about Neville Goddard. You know, at the base, all we are is consciousness, right? Like we're not these physical bodies. We really are worrying, you know, electrons, standing waves of energy. And that energy is infinite and eternal and ever expanding. You know, energy cannot be condensed, compressed or, or, or destroyed. So it's like when you get to that level of awareness, you realize like, okay, now I got to get that information out to more people so that we can all get to that place of like, we're not petty fighting, you know, duality, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservative. It's like, as you know, you, you kind of mentioned already the esoteric aspect of things. It's like whoever is in control, and that's a whole podcast. Uh, they design us to be at odds with each other. It, it's, it, there always has to be an equal and an opposite. You know what I mean? And so it's like, whatever you side, they want you dug into one side. So it's like, once you realize that we're all equal, who gives a shit about our colors or our religions or our income levels, 
We're all equal. We're all this divine spiritual energy. That's when you start realizing that the only solution is to opt out of the bullshit. But it's hard, bro. As you know, you know, you know, like my good friend Rex Bear says, bills and issues, everybody's got them. So it's like, you know, you got to stay connected to the matrix too, but at the same level, you also have to become aware that you are not this physical body or this personality, you know, this personal name that you've created, this ego mindset, and that there's so much more. And so that was really it, dude. I mean, I, I, it didn't matter. I, you know, I, I, you know, my wife thought I was crazy, you know, like, Jay, you have all these people to follow you, you have all these people doing this, like, how are you going to do this? And I said, I didn't know, but I was going to let it happen. And the universe guided me. And honestly, dude, I didn't really lose a lot of my, my audience or traffic. I had some people, you know, that were like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You've jumped the, sh- you know, jumped the shark. You've gone full woo-woo. Uh, but for the most part, most of the people that were following me for those reasons are now like even following me for the spiritual stuff, which is so cool. And I just think that was the evolution of, of my consciousness and my awareness. Yeah, I love the story. I, I learned a lot of of philosophies through direct response marketing guys that I used to study back in the past, like Dan Kennedy and uh, Jay Abraham and all that stuff. And one of the things I remember is the the reciprocity demands payment in advance, which I think is pretty amazing, right? Because you you have to you have to sow it to reap it, and that means you already have to have that insight and application before you get that re- reward, if you will. Um, but what I wanted to get to was, uh, uh, um, and also in, with the marketing message as well, is you, you don't go in a crowd and say, hey, you, and expect everyone to turn around. But when you say, hey, Michael, you know, the, with the glasses and the nap pack, back sack, you know, if you have a specific message to someone, you'll have them turn around. And it's just a testament to you in terms of you had already had a really deeper relationship than just the outer layer of the onion of hormone optimization to be frank about it. However, what I would be interested to hear the story through is, okay, well, I can't change what I've done already because that is an earlier stage of development of Jay, but now I also want to bring in the vibration. So so now maybe let's go into um, how you had to marry the two, given that you were already doing it this way and you weren't really concerned about losing people. I guess you just wanted to add more value to the ones that did resonate with that new message. So how did you blend the two and what were you doing before that now needed the change of the vibration concept? I mean, and again, another great question. I mean, it was, you know, at, at, at the beginning, I mean, I remember sitting on the plane dro- flying back on Latin America, which is, you know, a subsidiary of uh, Delta from Peru to Los Angeles. And just sitting there, like, had all these amazingly, like, awe-inspiring thoughts uh, running through my mind. I'd also purchased this book at a bookstore. I always keep it really close to me, uh, which was called Return of the Children of the Light. And this is a profound book. It's just a little 165-page book by Judith Bluestone Pollock, which is clearly a pseudonym because it's got so much profound information in it. But uh I just finished that book. I actually picked it up at the bookstore below Machu Picchu. So I was reading it kind of through our trip as we were going to all these amazing places in the Sacred Valley. But uh, I just knew that the strategy was TOT Revolution, which was my my base, my home site, which everybody knew me from and I had all my traffic to, was going to jcampbell.com. Now, this is amazing, by the way, to tell you this right now, because it's actually exploding my brain right now. I'm like, I have BDNF flying through my head. The first thing I found out when I landed 
because I had texted my guy before he took off through WhatsApp, my IT guy to go get jcampbell.com domain. And when I landed, it was like, sorry, bro, somebody owns it. They're cyber stalking or cyber squatting on it. JC Campbell, the middle initials available. I said, okay, we'll buy that. Dude, I literally, I should share my screen right now. I just acquired jcampbell.com. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. How cool is that? Right. So, yeah. but, but, to, but to your answer, to get a little bit deeper, um, I just knew that if I migrated my website from TOT Revolution to jcampbell.com, the rest would just take out, take it would, the rest would happen by itself. And sure, it would be weird. And I had a lot of like, you know, weird URL issues and stuff like that with people saying, like, what the hell? But like I said, I just kind of let the universe, God, source, you know, whatever you want to call it, consciousness, uh, handle it. And, you know, I had some issues um, with SEO initially, but, you know, it took it took about six months. And I swear, dude, I just naturally migrated my content. You know, I started talking about spiritual things on my YouTube videos. I started sending emails about spiritual content to my email list. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have as many. I initially, you know, my, my people that, you know, architected my J. Campbell slash TOT Revolution ecosystem thought I was nuts. They were literally trying to talk me out of this. They're like, dude, are you what? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You cannot talk me out of this. This is the right thing to do. I'm being divinely led and called and inspired. Trust me, it's going to work out. And it did. Um, but it was really just, like I said, just having the vision and being fully surrendered to the idea that this was the right thing to do. And I'm telling you, man, like by, by September, uh, and by the way, we didn't talk about this, but this is right before the scandemic, right? So I had an agency that was helping me with this transition, Joel, that I hired in November. And as you know, everything started to happen at the end of March of 2020. And literally in two weeks, so I had, I had been with these guys for five months. In the two weeks since they announced the shutdown, they lost 30, 35 of their 46 people at the agency. It was a big Scottsdale agency. They worked with a bunch of influencers. And I just remember the gal that was the owner of the agency who I had met. I had flown into Scottsdale to be interviewed by them before we had decided on them as my agency. And it was at the time, it was a big commitment for me to, to, to work with them. I'm so sorry. We're going to have to let you go. I don't even have my own team. I'm letting everybody go. So, you know, I had that to deal with. And, and as you know, you and me and everybody else in the world was dealing with the scam, pandemic or pandemic or whatever the hell it was. And so it was weird because like all of a sudden, I, I kept going. I kept doing live streams. I kept going to my office, even though people were told to stay at home. And I kept talking about spiritual issues and I kept interviewing people uh, about, you know, COVID and what was really happening and stuff like that. And honestly, by September, really late August of that year, all of the transitional content, it started to blow up. I started having all sorts of people message me, hey, we want to have you come on this guy's podcast. We want to bring this person on your podcast. And most of the people were spiritual people. You know, there were people in the consciousness space. And so I'm like, wow, this is incredible because I wasn't literally like proactively recruiting this. It's just now a natural, you know, kind of ebb and flow of what I essentially manifest, you know, consciously. So that's kind of how it happened. And honestly, dude, ever since then, it's been a whirlwind. You know, I still have tons of people who want to talk to me about hormones, uh, which I mostly ignore unless they're people like, you know, high level. 
Uh, and then of course the overwhelm of consciousness. I mean, I, I I'm blessed, bro. I have so many people that want to talk to me about consciousness. Now I don't do any recruiting for my podcast anymore. Uh, you know, like I told you, like, uh, there's very few people I'll even bring on my podcast right now. Cause my queue is so big. Um, but I'm just blessed that now a lot of amazing people want to interview me or want to come on the Jay Campbell podcast that speak about consciousness and stuff. And, and I think I look at you as kind of the bridge though, because like you are a successful, you know, physician, wellness, functional medicine, however you want to define yourself, but you also bridge spirituality and consciousness. And I believe that this is, I don't even believe it. I know it. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. This is going to be the model of wellness. Yeah, no, that's cool. Thank you for the, the compliment. So as far as the thing, the bridging gap with that being said, I think is, and actually metaphorically, it's the same thing too, in terms of oxygen consumption rate. So just sort of hold that there for a second. You know, you talk about the 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 Buddhists and the 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 people that are able to control their autonomic nervous system through breath work, right? You're able to tap into your entire physiology through controlling your how you utilize your your oxygen if you will and so you and i just had that conversation before we started that you know i used to see a lot of men that would do poorly with testosterone because they didn't have magnesium and i was saying to you well in my talk the thing that i talked about is the biggest problem the number one problem is we don't breathe at the cellular level effectively yep. we don't make energy and yep. as a result we burn through all our magnesium. So I guess the question would be, have you been finding with that being said, because I'm sure you didn't throw the baby out complete with the bathwater. Um, that's your er earlier passion. Are you finding now, Jay, that even with the spiritual jam that you got going on, that the friction is removed or just the oxygen consumption rate is lower so that people are getting more rounded integrative responses from all your protocols are you finding it to be cat catalytic in that way you know, 100% in fact and and you don't know this well you you know about this but you don't know about this cuz it just happened in the last week i just sold my company so asir custom which is my peptide company uh you know cosmeceutical peptides for face and hair which you know we have a a, a truly um uh, uh you know i would say revolutionary product for the hair product it's a it's patented we just sold the company it sucked a lot of my day-to-day -day life and creativity out of me in 2021 because we expanded. We essentially blew up. And, you know, I became for who I was essentially because we were very small, very streamlined, you know, steady ship, the CEO in my functionality. You know, my partner was the comp was the, the maker of the product and the product, uh, you know, the, essentially the developer and the uh, formulator. And I was the face. So that sucked out a lot of my life in 2021 um, whereas now I'm like free. So, so to answer your question, the friction was removed, but because of the stress of the day-to-day -day of running a seer in 2021, not so as much in 2020, because it was still fledgling. You know, we went from like doing 5,000 a month to 60,000 a month. And then 2021, we went on Ben Greenfield's podcast and we exploded, you know, and then we became a legitimate company that just sold for, you know, what we sold for. Um, that still required like a lot of management an insight and involvement and energy from me on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and that now literally officially sold, we're still 10% owners of the company. Uh, and we have an upside kicker and stuff like that, but that is officially now not my day-to-day -day life. So I'm now free to be extremely creative, 
to talk to people about hormones. And yes, bro, I still have massive amounts of information and data. And very truthfully, again, it's a great question. I don't really talk about this much. I know this now through my meditation and my inner work practice that the deeper you go into stillness, the more you're able to access everything, right? Because it's my awareness slash belief that we do know everything, but when we descend into these physical bodies, we choose to forget. It's kind of the veil of forgetfulness. So I believe that all of us, the more we focus on our inner work practice, have access to this like universal database, you know, people call it the Akashic records. Uh, there's other names for it, the hall of records, whatever. I feel like you can access that information. Cause I'm not going to lie to you, dude. Like people ask me questions on now on podcasts, consciousness, people about quantum physics. And I talk about quantum physics. Like I have a master's in it, you know, and that's from my reading of many books on quantum physics, but it's also from me sitting in stillness every morning and having access to that database. So one thing I want to say, because your questions is a great question at the very beginning of it, the most, the, the, the number one problem with hormone optimization in the space is that the average doctor doing it has no effing clue what they're doing. So you get a physician and again, you cannot disparage physicians because at the end of the day, as you and I both know, physicians also have to eat. They have to pay college tuitions and second homes and mortgages and all the other same shit. And as you know, it's harder and harder today for a physician to make money because of the insurance industry and subrogation and the state medical licensing boards and all of these criminals that want to tap into you and take your money. So it's like, I get that they're attempting to learn and navigate this as everybody else is kind of on their own. And as you, you know, if we really take a big picture and pull the onion back, dude, they're not teaching this. This is a nuanced experiential body of practice. That's why the doctors come to me and they consult with me on how to do this because I've been doing it for 22 years, right? Like I learned from an amazing teacher. It's always standing on the shoulders of giants, but then it was just completely tinkering and experimenting and working with various doctors and using every delivery system and you know doing all these things. So it's like, you know, I had to learn through doing it. You know, it wasn't just interpreting the research. And reading the studies, it was actually learning about it. So, you know, to, you know, to talk about magnesium depletion, I mean, there weren't even any doctors, you know, up to like three years ago that even understood anything about the kind of stuff that you're talking about right now. And I'm talking about the best guys, because that's all I work with. I don't work with these like garden variety chop shops. You know, we call them windmill clinics in like the hormone optimization space that are on every corner in every major city. Hey, for $2.99, you can get your testosterone, you know, replaced or optimized, right? And those guys have no idea what they're doing and they're causing untold harm to God knows how many men and women. But, you know, the truth is, is that people like you and I are really now out there attempting, I would say attempting, because all we can do is push our information into the universe and whether people receive it or not, it's on them, but attempting to inform and enlighten, you know? And like I said, like when you talk, start talking about magnesium depletion, dude, you're in a very small select company of guys who understand that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, this is like the kind of stuff that like where I want to go with this as we expand health into these frontiers that obviously where you and I are really taking it to uh, is where we get. And I see, as I told you before we started talking on this show, you know, I see an integrative, uh, an alchemy, you know, perspective of looking at the body, soul, heart, mind, heart, my body and soul and literally understanding like how to optimize it. Because again, it's almost a, a synergy or a triune or whatever, where if one's off, the other one cannot be optimized, right? Like so many guys, even in the hormone optimization space today, still look at 
the endocrine system and they forget thyroid. Or they look at the thyroid and they forget the endocrine system. Or they look at the pancreas and they're like, oh, we're going to change your diet, suppress blood glucose. But then they're not looking at testosterone and thyroid. So it's like, you know, all of these things are an intricate symphony. And without balancing or optimizing one, you can't, you, you can't forget the others. And that's what I see so many guys doing. So like, I, I can really see where this is going. Whereas like what you're doing with reading people's DNA and understanding people's, uh, you know, history from both the epigenetic and genetic level, that's how you create the perfect health optimization model is analyzing all the data and then, you know, giving that stuff from a biofeedback standpoint to the patient and then having the patient like know all of that before they start, because most guys today are still doing it gunshot. They start them on six or seven different chemical agents, like you said, and then they deplete magnesium along with other, other horrible things that happen to them from a side effects standpoint. And then they think it sucks or it doesn't work. I mean, dude, I've had thousands of people say to me, testosterone replacement or optimization doesn't work. It just causes side effects. And I always have to be like, no, it works. It just doesn't work for most people because they don't know how to do it correctly. So it's like learning how to do this. And that's where we are, dude. I mean, that's why the medical profession struggles to hormonally optimize people because they just don't know how to do it. You know, and the bridge of the consciousness, the frequency, the vibration is what really puts it to life, right? It's what, what, what life is. And the veil of forgetfulness. I have these little, I, I guess, Campbellisms <laughs> that I've been writing down already. So that's awesome. So what I think about, which I've been saying for a while, which I had a couple ahas, I, I'm lucky in the sense that I had an exercise physiology. My GPA really sucked because I was away from home. I was on the varsity soccer team. There was an nice. electric called going to classes. And, you know, whenever I do enough just to get by and then that bit me in the butt when I came to apply for chiropractic college in Canada. So I had to go back to school and I got a second degree in psychology. And I almost just continued through psychology because it was so much more interesting to me than, sure. than the, the, the other in information. But what I came to understand was how fortuitous that was, because I look at it, Jay, in terms of on, on the most ground floor cellular level, even above the cells is the frequency, yep. right? Above totally. the cells, the frequencies. And then at the, then below that or downstream is the cellular level, then is the uh, tissue level, then is the organ level, then is yep. the system level. And exactly. people forget on the system level, outside of that is the frequency again. Right. And right. so where I, where I came to learn is, okay, if we know what it is that we want at the 30,000 view foot level and not just extrinsic things, but intrinsic, sure. what's our purpose? What's our mission? What's our greater, you, you know, our greater good? What do we want? Like at a, at a like really succinct level and then reverse engineering that so that you do achieve that resonance, that's where you can start to put it together. So to your point is I like the idea of, of the integration of learning the information that's accessible to everyone but until you actually get in the cockpit and fly the plane, you're going to need to get in there and understand how the wind blows and how the altitude affects your flying. Meaning you don't know until you're actually in there in the actual matrix, if you will, applying the, the, the or outside the matrix, applying the, the system and then going back and evolving and using that information to get greater insights and greater purposes. I think you're right. That's where it's, 
where it's heading to. And just one last thing I want to say is there's a book that I just finished reading. It's called Hero on a Mission. And one of the exercises they have you do is write your eulogy at the end. And one of my secrets that's not a secret anymore is I love Jack LaLanne. I thought the guy was so way ahead of his amazing, time. Amazing, bro. Really so amazing. I, yeah. So I went on the internet to read his eulogy. And the guy, I mean, he was an innovator, except for Vic Tanny. He, he was the first to bring exercise. So he was, I, I have that as like some in some weird kind of manifesting way that bringing the whole new way that health and wellness is practiced from a hormone optimization, if you will. But that comes because you're doing all the other things first at the frequency cells, tissues, yeah. organ systems, frequency. So I guess where I wanted to go is anywhere with that. But what I did want to touch upon it with you is what, what you've learned, maybe just as the, this is complete left turn, unless you want to comment on what we just said is on metformin and how important that is for um, balancing growth and, and, and recycling or autophagy. But I, I'm sorry to sort of switch it up on you. And, and no, give no, no, no. I, I think it's great to yeah, talk about it. Yeah. It's a perfect segue, yeah. but I do want to address what you said because bro, you're nailing it. Um, yeah. So what I say now is, and, and this is crude or rudimentary, but I say, you know, let's look at disease as a manifestation of what causes disease, right? So if we know what you and I do, and most of our audience is going to be a sophisticated audience and they can follow us. Some people might not, but you know, if you're not and you don't pay attention, but most of them will, um, like you said, it's frequency. We are vibrating molecules and standing waves of energy and our vibration determines our physiological health state, right? So if you are vibrating in victimhood, fear, or shame, which as you know, 80% of the planet most likely is from the last two years from the scam, wearing masks, keeping your distance, staying away from human energy fields. Like, so in fear all the time, not exercising, not eating right in that autonomic nervous system, fight or flight response constantly, your physiological health degrades. But to what you just said, you've got, a low vibration, which is going to cause inflammation, which is going to cause cellular degradation, as you said, which is ultimately going to lead to one of, if not multiple diseases of aging, which then is what kills the physical avatar body. So yes, you're nailing it. Now to switch to metformin. Uh, and by the way, what you and I are talking about, dude, is so profound. I mean, I have a company now that is cutting up my stuff. I can't wait to get this because like the questions that you've asked and the, and the, see, yeah. see, I always think that in podcasts, people like you and I have all this information, but you and I can't extract it. We need somebody to ask us the right question to extract it. So your question is just amazing because it's like pulling it out of my brain. So I, I'm grateful that you did that. Metformin, dude. I, I mean, you know, my article is put on the Harvard you know, EDU site, you know, the, whatever that research pub, you know, thing is, uh, I've written so many articles on metformin. I mean, literally, you know, if you ask Dr. Peter Atia, he's like, well, you know, go ask Jay Campbell. He's the world's leading expert on metformin. So obviously I'm a, I'm a pro metformin honk. Uh, I've read everything. I continue to read everything. I've been personally using a plant, you know, which is what metformin is, uh, since I started therapeutic testosterone which again is no coincidence, right? There's the synchronicity in the universe. But so I've been on metformin for 21 years. I did my biological age with true diagnostic. I'm sure you know, Ryan. Uh, and my, I'm, I'm 51. 
and I'm 20.4 according to that from a cellular age standpoint, right? So I'm doing a lot of things right. Now, I personally believe that I owe a lot of that to using metformin for two decades. My wife has been on metformin for a decade. Now, for the people that are listening to me right now that are be like, yeah, but metformin's in the news and they're recalling it and it's got a Nike nominated and blah, blah, blah. I mean, dude, at the end of the day, this is my tinfoil hat. And I know you're with me on this. And by the way, I am stepping on the shoulders of giants when I say this, but I had a very famous neurological surgeon who I will not name his name, which you know who he is, uh, tell me about eight years ago that if metformin was in the water supply, there would be no hospitals. That is how profound of a life-extending and life-altering agent, again, as a plant, it is. Now, as you know, the medical schools teach doctors in 101 and 102 that it causes renal failure or renal impairment and all of this complete and utter nonsense. Because again, big pharma cannot patent it. They cannot make money on it. They give it away for free in your state, bro. It's free at Publix in Florida. There's no profit angle for you know, big pharma and big medicine to make money on it. But at the end of the day, it does so many things to enhance you know, telomeres. I mean, I mean, I, I could go into the science. It's not worth it. You know, I, I've talked about so much. I, I'll let you guys can link to the article that I wrote on it. It's like 11,000 words. Uh, it's just a fail safe for a person who is, you know, um, desiring to live longer and stronger to enhance cells, to prevent cancer, to suppress blood glucose, to enhance and improve, uh, the creation of, uh, you know, what is it? Um, you know, acromancia in the biome. I mean, it's just, there's just so much data clinically. And by the way, I always tell people, this is what's go crazy about this drug is the data is again, in compromised type two diabetic, metabolically resistant, deranged, obese humans, how it extends their life. So it was like, always for me, it was like, well, this is simple. You just extrapolate in a healthy person who's, who's desiring to live a life extension lifestyle to take this. How can this not be better? Right. So now again, you're going to get the backlash and you're going to get the fights and you're going to see people attack this. And, you know, whenever I see idiots that are doctors on Twitter or Instagram attacking metformin, I instantly like, I I just, I, I, it's my mission for an hour to make sure that they understand that they're clowns and that they don't know how to extrapolate or interpret data and that the data isn't, again, a very diseased, you know, patient population group. Let me just say this, um, before this happened, you know, I became this Jay Campbell, he's the guy who talked about metformin. There was a doctor that went after me online four years ago. And now her and I are very close friends and I don't remember her name. It doesn't matter. She lives in Las Vegas. She's cool. She wrote an article about how metformin causes mitochondrial dysfunction. Now I read her, you know, and then everybody sent it to me. And I read her article and I was looking at her, you know, disease, I mean, her uh, studies that she was using to interpret the data. And it was clearly that she was a well-reasoned person and that she was desiring to help people. And she honestly, she works with a lot of um, uh, obese women and she helps them. And she's actually a really, really nice person. I can't think of her name right now, but I met her in person. We hung out. Uh, she was literally interpreting data, Joel, I swear to God, from a study that had women that were morbidly obese that were using nine grams of metformin a day for four months. So, I mean, like, again, as you know, the difference between a pill and a poison is always the dosage, right? 
So like you always have to be very careful. And by the way, Peter Diamantis, not Diamantis, but Peter Atia and Dave Asprey also glommed on to that research and went live and, you know, started attacking, you know, anybody who is a promoter, a promoter and a promulgator of metformin because of that. And again, so again, you, you know, people want to in their echo chambers and with their cognitive dissonance, they want to jump in and they want to defend their positions. Now, look, at the end of the day, Dave Asprey sells stuff that, you know, competes with metformin. And there's other people that do too. My good friend, Sean Wells talks about dihydroberberine. You know, Sean, right? I love Sean. And dihydroberberine is a great option if you can't get metformin. But when you really look at these things comparatively and you see the cost of dihydroberberine, okay, versus metformin, and what they both do, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, and Sean and I talk, eventually it will come out that dihydroberberine and metformin should be used together, along with racemic lipoic acid because of its profound glucose disposal. Now, again, all of this is relevant to that person's energy demand and their diet, you know, whether they're a keto or a normal diet guy or a bodybuilder or whatever. Uh, but like these are profound medications, you know, I, I don't want to make this about dihydroberberin, but it has a lot of amazing things. It does a lot of amazing things for a lot of amazing people. And, and very truthfully, and you know, this, if a person is going to be remain metabolically flexible and eat a insulin controlled diet and do all the other things that you and I talk about, you don't need either. Okay. But the average person is fat and dying and sick and eating American food. The sad diet, right? Dude, I just saw this the other day. I, you might know this. I didn't. This is insane. 80% of men and women in the United States right now over the age of 40 are obese. Obese. Wow. 80% over the age of 40. Now think about what kind of disaster this is for the healthcare system. People are talking about, oh, they're going to die of the V, right? Who gives a shit? That isn't even relevant. They're going to die of some sort of metabolic derangement that'll cause a heart uh, you know, incident, uh, glaucoma, uh, type three diabetes, neurodegenerative disorder. I mean, the list is endless, right? So it's like, at what point do we start taking ownership and say, hey, there are clinical slash supplemental adjuvants that we can start giving to these people that can help them. Now, obviously, yes, Joel, they have to clean up their diet. You know, people will say, you can't tell fat people that metformin is a, is a, you know, a, a holy grail agent and it's going to be a magic pill. And I'm like, of course you can't, but there is plenty of research that still shows that giving an obese person metformin will extend their life between three to five years. Now, I'm again, I'm not saying it should be used as a magic potion or pill or, you know, adjuvant, but at the end of the day, dude, there's too many fat people. And if we can give people a way to, you know, in, in addition to exercise and again, controlling for insulin and doing all the things that you recommend in your practice, a, another way to help them, then I'm all for it. I mean, again, I'm living this lifestyle and I'm still using metformin because I believe it just gives me a bunch of other effects that aren't really talked about, which, which is, you know, tumor suppression you know, and again, improving my microbiome, you know, and there's even a net tissue buildup effect. I've talked about this too. I could probably stop metformin and maintain the effects I've had probably for six months without even taking it. But it's just like in my mind, I've trained myself to use it, you know, and people were like, well, what do you, Joel, you didn't ask him what his dosages. I use one gram AM and I use one gram PM and my wife uses 250 AM, bid AM and PM. And I personally always tell people like, look, if this is your process, you want to live longer and stronger, start out at the lowest minimum dosage, see how you respond. I mean, look, 
Metformin for people who are destroying themselves from a dietary perspective is going to cause you know, gastric distress. It's going to cause upset because you literally have God knows what growing in your, in your microbiome. You got all sorts of pathogens, virulent agents, dude. I mean, you talked about glyphosate. Imagine what that shit is doing into our cells as it sits there. Imagine these poor bastards in the Midwest who are breathing this shit in every day. It's just dispersed in the air, right? So that sits, sits in the rinds of their visceral fat. It's in the, in the muscles you know, of the lower abs and the suprilac. I mean, I can't even imagine what those chemicals are doing to people. So, you know, again, dude, I, I know I'm long-winded on metformin. Obviously, I really get passionate about talking about this. But if you can use something and you got a lot of work to do, that's number one. And if you can't use metformin, get dihydroberberin. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I think about with that answer. I don't know how to temper my my wanting to shake someone silly when they are so dogmatic about sticking to one study and and not understanding the truth. It's you know, there again back to marketing. There's a book called True Believer, and it's by Hoffer, and it talks about just how how we are wired to want that Mary Kay cosmetic award and then that recognition. And then, I mean, whole nations were, were, I guess, if you want to say like, like, what is it? The, um, just what's the guy's name? I'm thinking I'm starting to have a main, you, you oh, know, with the, the, the guy with the flute that got all the rats to follow him. Oh, and Pied the, Piper. Pied Piper. Yeah, the Pied Piper. I mean, we are engineered that way. But when you yes, have a doctor, are. when they're being dogmatic about ignorance, it's so frustrating. But I did ask you the question for a reason. So you see these pictures of like I grew up in Canada and in Toronto in, in the 70s, there was this guy named Terry Fox who wrote, he raised every year, there's a Terry Fox marathon. He had cancer and he had one leg and he ran across the country and he died just before doing it. Uh, but he's a national hero. I remember, you, I, I'm very familiar with the story of Terry Fox. Very familiar. Right. So, but the, the point is when you look at the pictures, Jay, everyone was skinny, you, you know, in exactly, those times. And, exactly. and you see now it's not even so much the crappy diet, but all of these growth factors that require you to be persistently, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word again that I'm looking for to, to be proactive uh, about making sure that you're turning on the ability of your body to recycle cells. And right. it's almost like, I know that spermidine is a big sponsor for Dave Asprey's yep. company. And I had a yep. lot of interviews with the guy. It, spermidine is to metformin as is a daily supplement to be able to turn off your right. uh, uh, m4 long enough right but yep. where yep. i see the perfect storm is iron filings in our foods that yep. that raise your your iron levels that is a mTOR driver growth factor yep. glyphosates that's a growth factor pesticides other sprays chemicals are growth factors yep. high corn syrup fructose oh. is a growth factor you know, all these synthetic bees in the foods, the hormones in yep. our foods, the yep. antibiotics in our foods, all of these things are glutamates in our foods. Yep. All of these things in our food are going to turn on your, your growth factor. And that's why yep. you see pictures in the 2020s where no one is skinny at 80% exactly. of 40 year olds are, are obese. Think so about that, dude. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I right mean, there. 80%. On, yeah. 
80%. I mean, look, if I'm looking at this from a big picture, you know, positive perspective, it means guys like you and I, bro, are going to eat until we, this physical body ends, right? Because there are so many people desperate for the awareness that we, that we bring. But I will also say, if I look at, you know, take that glass half full, you and I both know this will collapse the allopathic system. There is no getting around this. They, they cannot survive this. Insurance cannot subrogate this. These people are brainwashed, as you know. But my doctor said, my co-payment's $40. I, I, that's all I can afford. So, I mean, all of this shit, dude, is done. So it's just a matter of you and I being vigilant, you know, being hyper-focused, continuing to broadcast to people who are receptive to our message the merits of doing the things that you and I talk about. And, and, and as you know, dude, it's never too late. Now, I, when I say that, I, I, I want to always really offset that if you're 65 and you're obese, you got a lot of work to do, okay? You can go see Joel and pay him whatever his fee is, or you can consult with me and pay me my ridiculous fee. And we're going to tell you right to your face, it took you 65 MF in years to look like you do. You ain't going on a nine-week keto program, bro. It ain't going to happen. So people have to temper their expectations, obviously, with the reality that, you know, where you are is a product of your environment and a product of your lifestyle. And if you're 35 and you're obese, you got a lot more time to fix it than the 65 year old. And you also have a lot more, uh, you know, cellular life at 35 than you do at 65 being obese and metabolically deranged. So I, I don't know, man, I, I just, when I saw that data the other day, bro, I literally had my aha come to Jesus. I spun for about two minutes and I thought, you know what? It doesn't even matter about the V. It doesn't matter if the scam scammers come at us, you know, with another hit with this. Cause by the way, bro, I mean, let's just get really tinfoil. This shit updated two days ago. And when I woke up in the morning, you know, overnight, I turned, I didn't turn it off like an idiot. When I woke up, it said, here's your face. What was it? It was like, oh, scan your eyes now so that when you're wearing your mask, it will work. Oh, it has the new, yeah, the new face for the mask recognition. Dude, yeah. when yeah. I saw that, I was like, well, there's their tell predictive right. programming. Like, we both know it's coming again. I mean, dude, another thing. So I froze. It was just like, wow. The bottom line is, who gives a shit? The, the public is metabolically deranged. They're going to die, whether it's, you know, 10, 15 years from now, 10 or five, five or 10 months from now. But as you know, dude, like without massive proactive change, they're not going to live. I mean, I mean, that, that is a tipping point. So, you know, they talk about all oh, well, of the population. It's a, it's a thinner, you know, whatever this V is, you know, it's a hundred years. We're in the fourth turning and they always want to depopulate the planet. I mean, maybe, but it doesn't matter because human beings are doing it to themselves. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. And the stat is even worse because you have the tofies thin on the outside, fat on the inside. People. Oh, absolutely. Even worse. Um, but I, I do tell this analogy a lot. You look at lungs that have been smoked upon for 50 years and removing that signal for it to be deranged that's where we come full circle like a Seinfeld episode and bring sort of the spiritual alchemy together where your body has that incredible 
power to heal itself, Resilience. even if you have hard, yeah. gnarly lungs for 50, 60 years. Totally. So there's always hope for sure. And I, I guess I like that. I want to be respectful for your time. So I'm going to ask you my, my closing question, but I like in your presentation, it really is war, right? Like you've got to take that mentality, like burn the boats. I'm not turning back. I got to have a complete profound um, what is it called? Div um, sort of molecular alteration, um, and, and really change my 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 approach to life and health. But with that being said, I guess segueing into what I like to ask as a parting question is: knowing what you know now, Jay, with what you knew then, in terms of the truth about health, um, what would you have told the earlier? I always call it the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed Jay the information that you would have been advanced quicker or would have had a profound effect on your development had you known that information? Is there anything that sort of just jumps out at you? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the, the importance of being lean, as I said in my, in my, my presentation, I mean, you and I both know, bro, like regardless of your economic level, no matter how much money you have, because, you know, let's just be honest as the world shifts and, you know, we go into what I call a separate, you know, parallel timeline of people like us and people who just want to be hooked to the machine and go into the metaverse, right, and have their souls captured. It's going to cost money to work with the best people. So at the end of the day, like I look at it as like, what is what can I give as an advice standpoint that costs nothing that anyone can use, and especially at an earlier age in their life and remain, you know, to, to, and value. And that is literally to remain lean. You and I both know muscle and, and you know, th this confuses some people, but muscle is the greatest deterrent to the diseases of aging. The more metabolically active your cells are, the less likely they are to be inflamed or to harbor an inflammatory signal. So at the end of the day, if you keep your body fat as a woman below, I like to say between 15 and 20, below 20, and you keep your body fat between 10 and 15 as a man, you are going to live longer and stronger doing nothing else, okay, than anyone else. I mean, it literally is that simple. Now you take those same body fat percentages and you control for the things that you teach, you know, hormonal optimization, you know, peptides, when you get older, possibly a micro dosage of growth hormone. I mean, when you start doing all these like advanced, you know, 21st century and, and, law, and, and even, you know, even further into the future, biomolecular, biomedical, you know, advanced golden age technologies. Now we're talking guys, we're, we're in, the, in the middle of Methuselah gene again. We're talking about living to 150. We're talking about living to 200, right? Like it's, in my mind, it's absolutely possible. As I said in the end of my presentation, which you obviously have heard, age is programming of ourselves. If we think at 60, we're getting old, then that's what we're creating. If we think, wow, I've got like a hundred years left. The same thing is being created. So our conscious beliefs, our awareness, our knowing is programming ourselves for what we have coming in the future, right? And only thing that matters, as you know, bro, is right now. And, you know, as long as you have that conscious awareness that like you are, you know, the I am, you know, the consciousness aspect of who you are, you can create any physiological health construct. Like you said, smoker, 60 year, 50 year smoker. I'm done. I'm walking away from it. And I am now going to become a perfect, whole, healthy, and complete body. 
and you create that reality. Again, we are not these physical bodies. We are literally vibrating molecules and standing waves of energy. And so how can energy get AIDS or how can energy get COVID or how can energy get cancer or any of these things? Yes, the physical body gets those things, but it's because of our spiritual traumas, uh, you know, our, our metaphysical amputations, but all these things that bother us that we think on and we dwell on that drops our vibration, that lowers our frequency down here instead of where it should be up here. You know, I, I'll, I'll close with this, man. I really like to tell people that your vibration is a choice. And the very truth of the matter is happiness is a transient feeling. It's a transient emotion. Joy is a state of being. It is incumbent upon all of us to choose joy in every waking zero space now moment, regardless of what happens to us, right? Now, if you do a lot of inner work, you do meditation, contemplation, introspection, you sit in nature, you're in that stillness aspect, be still and know God, you will get to an, an awareness where you can, you, so let me set this up for people living in these physical bodies. All we have control over is ourselves and our response or our reaction to what goes on around us. So if you do that inner work practice every single day and you focus religiously on doing it, whether it's five minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, you know, you will get to a place in your life where you have the ability to choose to respond out of love versus react out of fear. And 80% of humanity reacts out of fear because again, they're in that autonomic response, nervous, fight or flight, you know, you know, I always say to end it, uh, you can have the most amazing meditation in the world in the morning, you get in your car to drive to work or wherever it is you do. And some maniac cuts you off in traffic and literally almost kills you. Now, most people grab the steering wheel and MF the guy. And, you know, if you're like me and where I was earlier in my life, you know, you get into road rage, pull over, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? But it's like the, the, the person who's truly conscious and has gotten to that place where they can choose, they will literally be like, wow, that person's having a bad day. I'm going to wave at them. And energetically, I'm going to send them a resonant frequency of like, hey, I send you love and light, right? So that person chose to respond out of love. And as you know, Joel, we're hardwired. Our brain is, the limbic system is hardwired to respond into survival programming. So this is all conscious reprogramming of yourself that you learn from doing this inner work. And again, I am not some master. I would never tell anybody that I worked for nine years since I truly had my, what I would call my, you know, come to Jesus slash dark night of the soul moment uh, to get to this place now. And, and, and it doesn't always work every day. Every day is a, is, is a journey, right? And we're going to make bad decisions. It's human, it, you know, to, hum, to, fa I mean, to be fallible is to err as a human. So it's going to happen. But like at the end of the day, man, all you really have to do is choose to live in joy. Regardless of what happens to you, it's like, you know, my wife is really good about this. She always says, you're alive. Be grateful. Choose joy as your state of being, no matter what happens. And, and, and I think that's what we have to learn, that again, happiness is transient and is caused by emotional reactions or things that happen in our life that are quote unquote defined as good. Whereas joy is a state that we learn to arrive at in pure gratitude of like, hey, I'm alive. What could be better? Yeah, that's an awesome answer. And the great news is with plasticity and BDNF, you either are working really hard to not be doing it or yep. you're working really hard to do it, but it gets easier no matter which way you turn. So 
Awesome information, Jay. I love it. Uh, obviously, the new website is no C. It's jcampbell.com. Uh, just acquired today. I'm sure you've already heard of him. You can catch his podcast and uh, definitely check him out and raise your vibration to the next level. Jay, thank you so much for sharing your information today. Joel, thank you, man. I, I'm getting humbly grateful, privileged, and honored to be here. And I can't wait for you to come on the Jay Campbell podcast also. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of your Adrenal Fix podcast, where our goal is really to teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that they can get their energy back quickly. And if you happen to be suffering with your own exhaustion and fatigue-based problems and you're not getting answers and you're frustrated and you're concerned and you really want to get back to the things that you're not able to do, then maybe it's time for you and I to book a discovery call. If that makes sense to you or what we talked about makes sense to you, then this is an opportunity for you and I to troubleshoot and figure out what's going on in your body, what's not working, what have you tried, how's it impacting you. Most importantly, figure out where you want to go with your health and why you're not able to bridge that gap. And if I feel I can help you and all the things that you need to be doing, I can recommend to you, I'll let you know. And if I don't know, I'll tell you that too. But my goal is for you to leave this call with a step-by-step -step game plan to learn how to bridge that gap and get your life back quickly. If I feel I can help you, I'll tell you what that will look like to work together. However, there's no obligation to do any further work and there's no charge for the call whatsoever. It's just really a one-on-one -on -one time for you and my team member or myself to get true value out of what's not working with your health and what are you missing in order for you to make that next step. If that makes a lot of sense to you, then go ahead and go to www.adrenalfatigueworkshop.com, all one word, adrenalfatigueworkshop.com forward slash apply. Now spacing is limited and it's a first come first first served basis and you have to be willing to to make that next step to get your health back or at least be serious about it if we feel we can help each other just go to www.adrenalfatigueworkshop.com forward slash apply and i look forward to giving you value and getting you your health back